From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy showing for Friday, December 14th, 2018, reviewing the year in golf. That's the theme of the next two podcasts, and we welcome in for the first time, long overdue, to Teeing It Up, uh, uh, Brentley Romine, formerly of Golf Week Magazine, now of Golf Channel. Welcome to Teeing It Up, Brentley. I have no idea, um, but we finally did it. We finally, I wanted you around at the time of the U.S. Amateur, and I think my life was just going through a lot at that point, and I was not thinking of podcast guests, and then I realized when you broke the story we're about to get to in a second, um, I'm like, oh, wow, wait, I need to have you on the show, so um, that's how it happened, and now we're here. And now we are here. Um, all right, so let's get to this. The last thing, I think it was the last thing you, you wrote for Golf Week, correct? Correct. Yeah, it was my, uh, my swan song. Yeah, your swan song was a heck of a swan song. Um, or walk-off, walk-off if we're talking sports. Yeah, 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 yeah walk-off is, uh, it was your Matthew Wolf. you know, make the putt, sweep, you know, the, the finals of the, of uh, the NCAAs, you know, throw the putter down, fist pump in the air, uh, triumphant, and the Golf Channel's documentary type uh, situation. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, here we are, and the final story you write is about a proposal that's going around PGA Tour circles to allow some elite college players some kind of status to get into events while maintaining their amateur status. First of all, do I have that correct? And second of all, as best you can explain it from what currently is out there, what is this exact proposal? Okay, so so you got it half right. So it, it is a program that's going to allow uh, elite college players um, access to the various tours, and that's ranging from the PGA Tour, Web.com Tour, all the way to PGA Tour China, Latino America, McKenzie Tour, so all of the tours under the tour umbrella. But this is this is a thing for after college. So um, it's going to be once once these players, if they qualify for this program or draft or whatever you want to call it, um, once they turn pro, they don't have to go to Q school. They don't have to, you know, search around for sponsor exemptions and starts. They're going to have status now. You know, it's, it's important to remember that we're in the very beginning stages of this. So they don't know what the criteria is going to be. They don't know how many people are going are to get how many cards where on which tour. Um, it's just a very, um, I don't know if vague is the right word, but it's a very preliminary kind of idea. But I think it's important for them to get it out because what are we doing now? We're, we're talking about it. So everyone's talking about it. And they're going to be able to not only tap into the player advisory councils on the PGA Tour and the Web.com Tour and get ideas. They're not only going to be able to to lean on the NCAA and the USGA and the RNA and, and whatever governing bodies they're also getting advice from, but they're going to hear ideas and opinions from from us, you know, from from people who are tuned into golf. And I think that's going to help them um, over the next couple of years as they kind of hash out uh, what this program's going to actually look like? Um, 
obviously you can't reveal sources you did get a, a quote on the record um i believe uh from a tour official um who wanted to stay anonymous um so obviously and and not that I'm about, and, and, and not that I'm about, and, and not that I'm about to have you reveal sources here and uh, plus you got a a um, a statement from a unnamed spokesman on the record um, but it seems to me that this is one of those deals that sometimes whether it's networks or or sports organizations or companies or whatever it is politicians they're floating a trial balloon out here to see what the reaction would be. Is that your read on this? That that you got the story and that they, you know, said what they said because they wanted to get this feedback and wanted to float this trial balloon. Yeah, I'm, I, I I think that's exactly what they they're trying to do. I mean, so so the statement is a statement that the official tour statement that they've sent out and they've have sent sent it out to other uh, media outlets as well. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a very preliminary statement to get the word out there, to get people talking about it. And then, you know, it, it's just kind of like, hey, we're working on this. We don't know what it looks like yet, but here's what we're trying to accomplish. Um, so, I mean, there's still a bunch of bunch of things for them to kind of hash out in, in detail. And, you know, that that includes, you know, like I said before, how, how, many, how many guys are going to get how many cards on which tours you know is it going to be is it going to be one guy getting a card on the pga tour is it going to be five um where are they going to take these cards from um because you know as you know the web.com tour now you do the 25 during the regular season and the 25 during the finals um now i i haven't done much research on the new fedex cup style points they sitting they're going out next year but um but, you know, I'm just talking about last year. I mean, so there's 50 cards. They're going to have to decide, you know, where they're getting these cards from because you can't just add more and more guys to the PGA Tour because, you know, guys are not getting into events. And uh, and then you have a problem. And, you know, another interesting thing to kind of uh, consider when deciding, well, how many people are going to get cards to which tours is, you know, the tour doesn't want to devalue their web.com tour. You know, so as of right now, you have the Sam Burns and the Camera Champs playing on the web.com tour. They're not going to let too many of those guys jump straight to the PGA Tour because, you know, the web.com tour, I don't know what your opinion is on this, is coming off probably its best season ever just yeah. in terms of the talent that's that's rolled through there, um, the talent who have won events. Obviously, Sam Burns won an event, Cameron Champ won uh, an event. Uh, an event so they're not going to devalue the web.com tour um, but I I would say anywhere from you know maybe maybe 10 to 15 guys throughout the five or six tours um, you know that that's what that's what we're looking at and another thing to consider is you know how are they going to determine these guys and um, the the person who I spoke with said, you know, they're not, they're, they're not just going to go off the world amateur golf ranking or the golf stat ranking. It's going to be something that's going to involve performance. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe we're watching the NCAA championship and on the screen we're following, you know, this projected, you know, rankings. And you got a guy who can have a putt not only to win the NCAA championship, but maybe he has a putt to get his PJ tour card as well. Um, so there's a lot of interesting ideas, you know, different, a lot of different ways they can go. Um, 
you know but like I said no one has any idea and uh, I I don't even think they 100% know how they're going to determine this we're talking with Brentley Romine here on Teeing It Up who broke for Golf Week and his final start for Golf Week is now uh, with Golf Channel about this new way that guys would get um, that that elite college players would get access to the various PGA tour uh, uh, tour tours um, if, if 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 they reach a certain level of play. Let's take Matthew Wolf for a second. Um, <clears throat> Matthew Wolf, known for his bizarre swing, has been on a roll. I mean, I think he won every fall event that that Oklahoma State played or something. Um, yeah, he, he won every stroke play event. Yeah, which is just crazy. Um, he's, 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 he's got some consecutive rounds in the 60s streak, which is also insane. Um, the, the, the guy is just on a, 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 a roll right now. He is a sophomore, I believe? Yep. Okay. So have they determined, because obviously, you know, the NBA is the one and done, and now they're trying to figure out this way with the G League about getting guys who have no intention of going to college, a way to become professionals earlier and get them in a system. Um, we're not going to see one-and-dones in, 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 in golf. I don't think most guys would be ready at that level. There's 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 very few Tiger-like prodigies who, who come along who um, are, are ready to make a jump really fast. But even Tiger would tell you that his time at Stanford was really useful to him. So... From what you understand, what would a Matthew Wolf type player who has lit it up in his first year and a half in golf, um, what would he have to do? And is there a age number, a completed number of school years that has been determined? How are we looking at, <clears throat> excuse me, um, figuring out where somebody of his status would fall in on this? Yes, I mean, this, this is just all speculation, but um, from what I've gathered so far, uh, freshmen and underclassmen are, are not going to be eligible for this. Um, I don't know if it's going to be more like college football, where you have to stay um, at least three years, and then you can go after your junior year, um, or if you have to stay all four. Um, I do know that a big... Um, a big goal of this program is to not only benefit the PGA Tour, but to benefit college golf. And when you look at what happened with the LPGA Q Series um, last month, you know that 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 was a real problem. I mean, that was a big you know you know blow to to college golf, especially two programs who were probably probably gonna contend for a national title this year in Alabama and. UCLA and also programs like Ohio State and um, I believe it was Colorado who lost by far their best players and so the so college golf obviously is looking for a way to try to prevent these guys from leaving midseason. I mean we've we've seen it in, in men's too with with Davis Riley although he didn't have any status um, but you know a guy like Braden Thornberry who you know just this morning announces he's gonna turn pro and skip his final semester. Um, you know, because he has conditional status on the what.com tour, and he obviously believes he can get a few starts early, which he probably can, um, whether it be through his conditional status or through sponsor exceptions. Um, so but what this program will do is it will say, hey, you finish out 
the school year, then you'll be able to start on tour. Now, say a guy gets his PGA Tour card, does he get it for the summer that he comes out, or does he get it for the following fall? And I think it will, prob- will prob- probably be that upcoming fall because you don't want to give a guy starts in the summer, especially with this new schedule where there's really not a lot of places he's going to be able to play anyways. I mean, he's not yeah. going to play in a WGC or a major or anything like that. So it'll probably probably be for that upcoming year, um, which is fine. You know, it gives him a few months to maybe stay amateur if he wants and, you know, play the U.S. amateur one more time or, or just get ready for pro golf or whatever he wants to do. Or even graduate, which, you know, look at the college football players who drop out of school because they have to prepare for the draft and, and never graduate. This would allow, in theory, those guys to literally graduate college, walk with their class, etc. Yeah, and, and you know, every other sport has a way for the best players to get right on, you know, right on the big tour. And I think you can probably consider the web.com tour you know, although it's not the PGA Tour, it's still a lot better than playing on, you know, playing on the mini tour. So, if you have these top college players who people are going to be following now that college golf is on TV and people are starting to follow it a little more, you're going to have guys being able to see these guys transition right to the pros rather than going away for a year or two and all of a sudden they pop back up and it's like, well, what, what have they been up to? You know, so. Um, but I mean, as far as your point earlier, you know, what, what would a Matt Wolf, I mean, I would imagine he would have to probably stay in school longer, which would be great for college golf. Um, it might not be what he wants to do. And I think the important thing to remember is it's not like these, these kids are being forced to stay, you know, this is something that, you know, they didn't have the opportunity to do this before. And so if they want to, if, you know, a guy like Cole Hammer wants to leave after this season, you know, he'll just have to do what he was going to have to do anyways is go to Q school and earn his web.com tour card and then try to get on that way. But at least this gives, you know, this gives another option and, you know, allows guys to even skip that web.com tour step and get right to the tour. So I think it's going to be interesting. Um, It'll definitely be fun to see, you know, how this all plays out and you know be, be, I think it would be cool if they kind of release and you know a little bit of details at a time and you know but this is definitely something that's this is probably the most exciting thing to happen to college golf other than the NCAAs being on TV um, probably the most exciting thing to happen in you know a long time so um, so I mean I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it talking to Brentley Romine here about this really major PGA Tour floated proposal about how to get elite college players onto the PGA Tour and the Web.com Tour or or some other tour faster. You brought up something interesting at the end there, um, which is the added exposure of, of, of college golf. It's no secret to listeners of this show that I've become uh, uh, friends with uh, uh, friends with Brant Packer of Golf Channel, um, who has produced the NCAAs from the start. Who is obsessed with the NCAs and, and and college golf in general? Let's, uh, let's clear, clarify that. Obsessed with the Tennessee Volunteers, and then the NCAA is a, <laughs> a close second. That is a very good point. That is a very good point, and uh, Brent will be very happy to hear that. Um, and what's fascinating about this, and and this involves your employer, obviously, but what's fascinating about this, and maybe you you heard this, you know, kind of in in, in background off the record discussions, 
if the NCAAs were not on TV, if it was still in this world where it was, where where Turner held the streaming rights and they basically just held them in a box and didn't give them out to anybody, if it was still in no man's land where it was just one Golf Channel camera following around to get you know the victorious moment and you guys on site, all the print reporters, does this happen? Is that it, or or? Because we're going to now have video and more and more amateur events like the East Lake Club. Obviously, it's no secret. Golf Channel has made a push to get the Western Amateur on TV. They were able to stream it this year through a um, uh, through a sub licensing uh, deal. Um, as more and more amateur events get on TV, as as Molly Solomon, who 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 heads up college uh, for uh, uh, sorry, who heads up content for them says it was the missing piece in, in, in tracking these people from when they were kids to the pros. If more college golf gets on TV, do you think that's what's helped spur this along is that they now have video evidence, more and more video evidence to base whatever criteria they use to make this ultimate decision about who gets these cards? Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I don't think it's going to be as much of an, of an eye test uh, criteria uh, as it's going to be performance-based based on and rankings and results, you know, but, you know, it, it, it definitely helps, um, you know, it, it helps excitement because, if, I mean, let's, let's face it, if, if college golf isn't on TV, if the NCAAs last spring at Carson aren't on TV, it, people don't, you know, they, they don't get introduced to Matt Wolf. Right. Maybe some of them do, but, you know, you have a lot of people who, as of right now, I mean, they might know his name, but they don't know what his swing looks like. I mean, heck, I, I mean, I've I've covered him for five or six years, dating back to when he was a player rep for the AJGA, and uh, you know, was at Sage Valley with him, and you know, played the dormy holes at night, and uh, even used his clubs uh, for a few holes because uh, <laughs> I didn't have mine. But you know, just, it, it it was funny to see this past spring once people start taking videos of him and he gets, he starts making the rounds on social media just to see how kind of big he blew up you know, I, you know and, and you know, coming from my perspective it's like well you guys are just now starting to realize that it's linked to a little different um but no i mean but at the same time it's it's, it's good i mean the, the more people who can become fans of college golf and college golfers you know the the better for the sport and for the PGA Tour um, in the long run, too. Because, I mean, heck, if, if the 2012 NCAA is at Riviera when uh, Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, when, you know, I believe it was Spieth hold out on pretty good hole, it might have been 15 or 16, one of those holes, it was 15. And, uh, you know, in, in their match in the final, I mean, if that was on TV, I mean, people would be even more pumped up you know, about Speed and Thomas being on tour at first, you know, it wouldn't have taken a million little references and features about them being good buddies for people to realize that, hey, our friends and Yeah, it, it's crazy to think about that part of that bromance uh, is not on, there. there's, there's basically no video evidence of a major part of that bromance. Um, which is hilarious to think about. All right, that perfectly dovetails into the next part of this. What do you take away from the year 2018 men and women's college golf? Let's start with the men. What do 
I take away from the last season in college golf? I mean, it's got to be it's got to be Oklahoma State. I mean, we've we talk about this all the time in sports. I mean, you know, I, the the most recent thing that comes to mind is remember that Kentucky team, their their basketball team, maybe four or five years ago. Um, I think they had Carl Towns and um, a couple other guys and. Everyone was like, "This team's never going to lose." You know, we were even talking about that with Duke this year. And I was like, "This team's not going to lose. They're just going to roll through everyone. It's not even going to be close." And then, what does Kentucky do? They go and lose to, I believe it was Wisconsin in the in the Final Four. Um, but uh, but the impressive thing about Oklahoma State is, you know, they carried that target on their back the entire year. I mean, they they won. I believe it was what six or seven straight tournaments. Yeah, um, which which was a school record. Which is, I mean, when you're setting school records at Oklahoma State, you're you're doing something. Um, I don't know if you've seen their clubhouse, but it's pretty impressive. It's crazy, um, you know, all the awards and accolades and titles and championships and all that stuff. But for them to be able to carry that target, and you know, they they lost Big Twelve. You know that you know that was a kind of a, a thing that. You know, their athletic director, Mike Holder, obviously was a longtime golf coach, had a lot of a lot of success. That was something he used to kid. You know, he kidded them about going into the the regionals and going into the championship there at home. Was you know, you guys didn't even win your conference. How can you be considered the best team of all time? So, it you know, stuff like that really kept them grounded, and I think that allowed them to do ultimately what they did, and that's dominate um, on their home course. And a lot of people say, well, yeah, they're playing on their home course, which is a tough golf course and definitely an advantage. And, and, you know, people who watch it on TV, they see, um, you know, all of the fans and all the support that they had and that whole scene, um, you know, when they won was just crazy. As you mentioned before with Matt Wolf and dropping his putter and, you know, clenching his fists and all that, um, you know, that, that was all, um, a huge advantage for them, but they, they would have won on, on any golf course. Um, that week, you know, if they were playing in Alaska, they would have won. Um, so, so that was the most impressive thing, obviously, about last year. It's just the way they were able to, um, you know, handle that label of, you know, being one of the best teams ever and the prohibitive favorites and all the other synonyms and stuff you can you can throw out there with that. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that's definitely on the men's side. Um, on the women's side, you know. It, it's 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 a little tougher, you know. It's I mean, I'd probably have to say the thing that I remember the most is uh, Arizona's Haley Moore, you know, sinking the putt to kind of to to win the the national title for them. And you know, you look at a girl who was was bullied, you know, growing up, and you know, just never, you know, never really fit in growing up, other than playing golf and to see her journey and to see her be able to use you know a sport that that she's grown up with and is extremely talented at to to use it to kind of put her in this hero role for you know for her team and have them all kind of celebrate around her I mean I think that was that's probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen I mean I don't know if you read uh, uh Beth Ann Nichols story that week on 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 Haley but um you know, it was just, I mean, some of the stuff kids would do to her when she was little was just cruel. You know, they'd fill her backpack up with, like, water or garbage or I forget what it was. But, you know, but to, to be able to overcome that and now she's on a team 
and to be able to win a national title and I mean she'll have that memory forever and that was that was pretty cool it's crazy um, and if I remember correctly uh, and, and and Golf Channel covered that moment so well but if I remember correctly didn't she have a uh, uh, didn't she play horrible in stroke play and then came back and just turned it on in match play yeah I mean I, I, I don't know if I don't know if she. I can't remember what she shot. Um, I, I don't. Think, I don't think she played terribly, but I do know. Um, you know, her, her confidence was not where it needed to be, and um, you know, I, I went out and started following that match with maybe like four or five holes left, and I remember on like the 16th green, she had. A, I, honestly, I forget who she was playing. Um, I think it was was it Lacarabee. From, from Alabama I think that's who it was um, but so she was playing her and I, I, I could be wrong and you know I, I I hate listening to podcasts where people like but nope you got it right but you got it right I, yep yep you got it right yep right, good good so so they, so they were playing it was the 16th hole and I remember I forget where the match was at, at, at that point um, it, it might have been all square but she might have had a you know actually you know, you know what it was she was they were all square. She had a putt to have the hole, and it was like three or four feet, and she misses it. And, you know, she's just, you could just tell, you know, you know all the cameras are on her, you know, and she just doesn't want to let anyone down. And I don't know if you, you remember when um, she played in the ANA three or four years ago, and, you know, she made the cut, and she was really emotional, and, um, you know, they interviewed her on Golf Channel, and she just had, you know, she was crying, and she was, like, so happy, but she was, like, super emotional. Well, this was, like, the opposite. Like, you just, you know, you almost felt like you had to go give her a hug because you just felt so bad, you know, that she missed that putt, and she was one down, and if she lost the match, because all the other matches were in at, at the time, and, you know, if she loses that, she loses it for her entire university. And um, so, but... You know, she gets up, and, I, and on 17, I think, like, Caribbean, uh ended up hitting it right into, you know, right of the green, like, into the trees. And yeah, it was a long... The ball and, yeah, it was a long delay trying to find the right point to drop and all sorts of yeah, problems. And, and I don't even think she ended up dropping. I think she tried to... She made a... She tried to play it, and it didn't come out, so then she ended up dropping yeah. it. And so, so she loses that hole, and they go to the final hole all square, and Haley Moore, I believe, makes birdie. And uh, wins this. I mean, yeah, that that was that was cool. You know, I, I I think that moment was probably even better than Oklahoma State because you know everyone kind of expected them to. You know, and and, and in sports, we don't we rarely remember the teams who are expected to win that actually win. We kind of remember them more when they don't. Um, and then we all, we remember the you know the underdogs win. So yeah, yeah. it's a pretty cool season. It's uh. It, it, it was. Um, let's go here. By the way, just uh, I, I just pulled it up. Whoops. I clicked the wrong button. It always helps when you're doing research uh, uh, to uh, hit the right button. Um, <laughs> Haley Moore finished T56 in stroke play at the NCAAs. Mm -hmm. 78, 75, 72, 77. So. Which, which on that golf course set up for the, you know, set up for the women is... It's not bad. No. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, for a player, you know, it was definitely a, a disappointing finish. Yeah, I mean, for Jennifer Cup show to shoot 280, 8 under par was just really good playing. Um, 
on on that golf course. Let's go to the junior ranks for a second. Um, who, not what the memory will take away from, obviously is, but but what's the boy and what's the girl that you're looking at over the next two, three, four years that's going to end up on a lot of people's radars? Because a lot of people who listen to this podcast are your normal everyday golfers who enjoy watching professional golf, who watch the NCAAs on that final day now that it's on TV. Who is that junior that's coming up through the ranks that 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 they're going to start noticing? Yes, I, I, I think on the girls' side, I mean, obviously this season, Elimi uh, No, uh, she was the Rolex uh, AJGA Player of the Year. She she had an unbelievable year. I think she won like three or four straight events. She won like the Canadian Women's Amateur, the Girls Junior, the Girls Junior PGA. So she's she's definitely someone to keep an eye on, and you know, a household name that a lot of people know from back, you know, at the U.S. Women's Amateur at Pinehurst, and that's. Uh, Lucy Lee, you know, she's, you know, kind of seems like she's been in junior golf forever, but she didn't have too long before she's probably going to turn pro. I don't know if she's going to go to college or not. I, I would doubt it. Um, and then on, on, on the boys' side, um, uh, Akshay Batia, kind of the same deal with, with No, just seemingly won everything. I mean, he won Sage Valley, uh, won, the, won the junior PGA, was runner-up at junior, um, won the AJGA. AJGA polo event during the summer, which is one of their. I think he did it in a record-breaking fashion too. So, um, you know, just a super talented player. Another kid that's that's going to skip college golf, which is kind of interesting to have on the on the men's side. You know, we we see a lot of the you know a lot of the girls jump straight straight to pro golf, um, but we rarely see it on the men's side. You know, they at least go to college for a year, but. Um, but yeah, he's talented. I mean, he's he's got to put on more weight, and I you know I think that's something that you know is going to just come with age. But you know, he's a lefty, um, has a really good short game, um, can chip and putt better than anyone in junior golf by far, um, at least among the you know the elite players, and hits it hits it pretty pretty long. And um, yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely you know someone that I think could end up being like a Joaquin Neiman or, or, or someone like that and, you know, make it to the web uh, for Q School next year and, um, you know, get his card that way and maybe win once on the web. But, yeah, I mean, it, it might take him a couple years, but, I mean, if we're talking three or four years down the line, I've, you know, I, I would almost put money on him being, uh, you know, somewhere, either whether it's web.com tour or, or PGA tour for sure. Uh, talking to Brentley Roma on a golf channel here on Teeing It Up. Um, every guest who comes on for the first time gets a fun kind of out of the you know realm, normal realm question. So this is the one for you. Is Sage Valley the nicest manicured golf course you've ever seen? Because every picture I see of Sage Valley, it looks perfect. It looks like it's fake. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard for me to tell because, you know, again, I haven't been to up, up Pine Valley or Cypress Point or something like that. But obviously, I've uh, I've been to Augusta, but I haven't I haven't seen it other than tournament week. Right. And 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 the year I played it was 2016, and you know that that was obviously a year that they got a lot of rain. So um, you know, playing it the day after, there's a lot of you know, it's 
just from all the fans and all the mud, you know, there's just a lot of that. Um, so it's hard for me to judge. But, you know, Sage Valley is, it's, it's, it's pretty perfect. It's, I mean, it's one of my favorite places to go. And that's just because, you know, like I said, every hole is an Instagram photo. Um, they got an amazing clubhouse. The dormy holes are really cool. Um, you know, the, the cottages that you stay in on site are, are awesome. You know, the way they treat the, the juniors that play in their event is awesome. Um, you know, it might not be, you know, ar- architecture snobs might not consider it like an elite golf course ar- architecturally, um, you know, but it's, but it's not a bad golf course. Um, it's really tough. Um, you know, you, it's basically Augusta with rough. Um, you know, you, it's long. Um, the, the greens are super undulating and fast, and you know the 17th hole with water on the right is really tough. But you know, it's. It, I mean, granted, they don't have thousands and thousands of people walking all over their golf course when I see it. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 pretty perfect. And and I know if you ask any junior golfer that's played that event, oh, if you ask them what's the nicest golf course they've played. You know, and I'm, I'm not talking about asking them once they've already been on tour like seven, right. seven years, but, you know, ask the juniors right now or the young college guys and Sage Valley will probably come up 80% of the time. Um, I totally forgot you were a day after Masters participant. Uh, you're the first guest on Teeing It Up in history to do that. So, so first of all, congratulations. Um, oh. <laughs> second of all, as somebody who got to attend a practice round in 2012, I felt like I was walking on holy ground. Um, I have been to Georgia several times before that because I have family down there. And my family has a tradition where every place we go for the first time, we touch the ground. You know, like every new state, every new country. And um, we entered through the side entrance. A lot of people don't know this. They think the main entrance is by the the, the uh, practice range. There's also a side entrance, which which lets you out on the fifth uh, fairway. And walking in that crosswalk, my dad and I got down, touched the ground. We took this really fast photo as if we were in a brand new state. Um, what, what, what was it like playing it? Because for so many of us, you're walking on holy turf. What was that like? Well, I'm, I, I mean, I, I think, I mean, the, the first thing I got to start out with is by the time you actually realize that you're playing, you're already on like the fourth hole. <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, I, I don't remember, I mean, I remember the first tee shot and I don't really remember too much after that, but, um, you know, you start to settle down around eight and then you make the turn and it's like, you know, hopefully you hit a good drive on 10 and then all of a sudden you're like, you get to 11, you can see aim at corner and you're like, all right, well, I know 11 is a really hard hole, so let's just try not to screw it up. And uh, I actually play 11 pretty well. I think I made bogey. Um, believe it or not, I, I made a six on 12 by not hitting it in the water. Um, How did you do that? Yeah, a long left kind of instead of chipping it well actually no I, I did chip it but I left the chip like on the fringe because um, I mean it, it's that whole location in the like front right yeah and you can't just fly it you know fly a pitch shot or you know flop it up there because it might go in the water especially for someone like me I just didn't want to I didn't feel like blading a shot over the green in yeah. the water so just gave it a little bit too much respect and then you know that green kind of in the back you know it kind of has a little you know kind of 
you know, it's not just straight, so I had to, like, putt through some fringe. Um, and it was one of those things where you literally just have to putt it just to the top and have it, you know, kind of funnel down and just kind of left it up on that fringe. So, I mean, I just kind of made a short game mockery of it, but part 13, and, uh, you know, I'm not a good player by, by any means, but, you know, it was, it was super fun to play. You know, I don't think I lost a ball. Um, actually, I know I didn't lose a ball because I still have it. But just, you know, just the way they, you know, way they treat you still, you know, having breakfast and, um, you know, their, uh, their communication staff, you know, and the photographer meet you on the first tee and take your photo. And um, the caddies are super awesome. And actually, I got a funny story about my caddy. So, um so that was 2016 so in 20 I believe it was like 13 or 14 I was covering um, the junior invitational at Sage Valley it might have been my first year covering that but we went to um, the minor league baseball game um, the Augusta Green Jackets which is I mean probably one of the coolest minor league baseball names that's out there (laughs) Um, but but we went to there and um, one of the girls I worked with at the time her uh, her family friend worked for the for the team and their PR staff, so he got us, like, tickets for, like, four or five of us to sit, like, right behind home plate. But it was also caddy night, and so all the Augusta caddies, um, you know, I guess they get half-price tickets, and I mean, they they must have got free beer um, because, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. But, uh, <laughs> anyways, we, we run into a couple of them, and this one guy keeps introducing himself and I'm not going to say his name, but you know, he said it over and right. over again. It's kind of like, it's kind of like 50 first dates, you know, like the guy, um, at the, uh, facility that like introduces himself over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like that. So, um, his name just stuck with me. So when you, the morning, you know, when you get to Augusta, they, they give you a time and you got to get there like within 10 minutes of that time. You can't get there early. You can't get there late. You got to get there like right then. And so you get there, you have breakfast, um, you know, you get to go up to the champion's locker and put your stuff in a locker. I think I had Jack Burke's locker, um, which is actually VJ Singh's locker too, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but so I did that and then you, you eat and you walk out to the range and that guy is my caddy. So it was just kind of funny that it kind of all came full circle. So it's a story I like to tell. It's pretty cool. That That's crazy. Uh, congrats to you on that. Congrats on uh, getting the scoop on a uh, game-changing story. Really quickly, because I've kept you way longer than I advertised. Um, is there a shot of the year for you, either casually or or, or competitively, that sticks with you? Is, is, is there a moment... You know, for example, last year I saw an ace, the first ever ace I saw in person in my life. Um, is there something that, that, that sticks with you from 2018? Hmm. I would say a, a shot that, unfortunately, I didn't witness in person, but I was obviously there, was Victor Hovland in the first 18 in the final um, at the USAM, you know, on, on hole number four at Pebble, um, that kind of short, drivable par four, hits driver, hits it on the side of the cliff, and it's the ball sitting on the ice plant. So then there's that photo of him, or there's a video of him climbing down, and there's a really cool photo of him, like, you know, with the all the ice plant and him just kind of setting up and hitting a shot, and he hits it to, like, what, like two or three feet or something that makes the butt for birdie. I mean, I think 
that's one that definitely stands out, even though I didn't actually see it in person because I hadn't got to the course yet because on the U.S. Amateur final days, you really don't, you know, some people choose to walk in the morning. I like to walk, you know, in the second yeah. and half. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, that, that was, that was probably by far. I mean, I, I'm sure I'm missing a couple, um, here or there, but on the spot, um, the first thing that comes to mind is definitely that. So congrats, Victor. Uh, Brentley Romine, uh, from golf channel, formerly of golf week, where he broke the story about the PGA tour feeder system. Um, potentially for elite college players now with golf channel uh thank you sir for coming on teeing it up i really appreciate it awesome jeremy hopefully we don't wait another like six years before we do it again no 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 no. it'll be way sooner next time and thank you all for uh, listening to teeing it up with jeremy Schilling.